0: Man, I just want to take a moment. I, I don't get to sit out and worship out here very often, and this morning was amazing. I'm so proud of my team and what they do up here weekend. We are blessed to have people like that up here leading us in worship. Amen? Yeah. Good stuff. Well, my name's Todd. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'd like to join with Wes. And just welcome you today, and uh, you picked a great day to be here. Pastor Marty's out of town. He is with his daughter, Sarah, who also is on staff here at the church. Sarah just uh, graduated Saturday from Liberty University with her MBA, and so they're super excited. Yeah, that's a great accomplishment. Yeah. So we're excited for them, and they'll be traveling back today, so you can pray for them that they'll have safe travels. Uh, But So you get me today. So we'll see how that goes. Well, today we're going to talk about a topic That is very close to me, and that is worship and what it means to be a true worshiper. And you know, worship, when you think about that word, it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. You know, sometimes you think, well, worship is singing or worship is coming to church or, you know, we have all these different ideas of what worship might be. So I wanted us to start off with a definition that we can work from this morning. And so that is this, simply that worship is our response to God for who he is and for what he's done. It's our response to God for who he is and for what he's done. And when we lose ourselves in the middle of that statement and really think on it, our only reasonable response is to give our lives to him in worship. It says this in Romans 12. It says, I therefore urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, This is your spiritual act of worship. So we want to look at this word worship and what it means. And so I thought we would find out from the man himself, Jesus, what he thought about worship. And so uh, there's a story in John chapter 4. And John is the fourth book in the New Testament. And in this story, we see that Jesus is traveling. And he's tired, he's, he's worn out, he's been traveling for a while. And he comes to this well. And at this well, there's a woman there, and he begins to speak to this woman. Now, back in those times, a man speaking to a woman in public, it was a big no-no. And this woman is a Samaritan woman. And Jesus was a Jewish man. So that, uh, on top, uh, top of it just being a man and a woman, it was this Jew talking to a Samaritan. Samaritans hated the Jews. The Jews hated the Samaritans. And so he began to speak to her, though. And he, he kind of moved past, as he so often did, past the man-made rules and, and, and laws that were kind of set forth. And he spoke to this woman right where she was. And he, as he began to speak to her, he began to prophesy into her life, began to tell her things about her life. that she was like, how does he know that? And then he asked her the question. He says, are you thirsty? You know, this is water from this well that when you drink, you'll need to get another drink. But if you drink the living water that I'm offering, you'll never thirst again. And she was just amazed by the things that he was saying. And so, you know, she said, this guy's. he seems to be like, a, he's a holy man. I, and so I'm going to ask him a question. See, there was a debate going on in that time about where the correct place to worship was. You see, the Samaritans said that, that we worship on this mountain, and that's where they worshiped, and that's the correct place to worship. But the Jews said, no, 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 it's not in the mountain. It's, it's at the temple. That's where we worship God. And so there was this huge debate going on. You know, it's a lot like a debate that swept our nation here over the past week. And it's, uh, you know, all over our social media, and all, we, everywhere we look we see it. And it's simply, is it Yanni or Laurel? Laurel. I mean, Laurel. what is it? Laurel. Who hears Laurel? Laurel. Who hears Yanny? Laurel. What is wrong with you people? Laurel. 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 I mean, uh, Laurel. right? All right, Laurel. everybody that said Laurel, just stretch your hands towards the people that said Yanni, because I do not know what's going on with them. We're going to pray for them. But this has swept our nation, man. People are talking about it all over the place. I watched a little NBA basketball, playoff basketball last week in, uh, on TNT. And Charles Barkley, everybody know who Charles Barkley is? He's a former player. He's a cut up. He's always you know, saying stupid stuff. And so he was on there and they were going through this, listening to this, debating what, you know, what they heard. And he says, I hear donut. <laughs> donut. Donut. <laughs> no lie. He was serious as a heart attack. That's what he heard. Donut. But back to our story and the real debate we're talking about today, and that is where worship was and what worship is and how do you do that. And so, you know, this woman asked Jesus that question, and this is what Jesus said to her. He said, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. So if there are true worshipers, then that must mean that there are untrue worshipers or, or false worshipers. And if you study throughout Scripture, you'll see that throughout, throughout the pages of the Bible, there's really two different kinds of people that the Lord seeks, that the Father seeks. The first kind that he talks about is, is, he, is it's the lost. The Father seeks the lost. It says that Jesus came to seek and save those that were lost. And what that simply means is that's that's a person that has not taken that step and received Jesus into their life. And that's what Stevens Creek's all about. We're, We're here to create a place where people can come and hear the message of Jesus and have the opportunity to take that next step. Well, the second kind of person that the Father seeks is those that are true worshipers. Now, as you, when, you, when you look at that passage, it doesn't say those that are the best looking or those that are the, have the most money or are the most successful or the most talented or the most popular. It doesn't say any of that. It says that the kind of believer the Father is seeking is the one who will be a true worshiper. You see, worship is more than just singing some songs at church. That's an important part. And it's a big part of, of what we do here. And I'm thankful that it is because I wouldn't have a job if it wasn't. So it's a big part of what we do. Worship is singing. That's a, that's a part. But there's so much more to worship than just that. Worship is our response, our whole life response to God for who he is and for what he's done. And I believe that God has called us to be true worshipers. So this morning, I'm going to share with you three things, three ways that we can worship God. And I think if we do these things that we'll be able to call ourselves true worshipers of God. The first thing is this. God desires that we worship him with awe. It says this in Hebrews 12. It says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. The definition for awe, I looked it up in the dictionary, and it's simply this. An overwhelming Feeling of reverence, of admiration, of fear, etc., produced by that which is grand, sublime, extremely powerful, or the like. And so, see the problem that I have, and I think so many of you have as well, is that we so often we don't see God as the Almighty God. We don't see God as this God that created the universe, this God that's bigger than anything that we can possibly imagine and we have to almost dumb him down and put him in a box to where we can understand who he is. And, and so we do that, and that when we see that, our God is small. And so our worship that we give him is small. The things that we believe for are small. The miracles that can happen in our lives are small because that's how our view of God has become. And so when I get in those times in my life, and I need to say, okay, hey, Todd, you are not seeing God For who he really is. I have to step back. And and the way that that helps me do that is to look at creation. To look at things that God has created. And I look at different animals and so many different things and different colors and nature and, and different insects. And I look at sunsets or sunrises. Or I look at my children and I say, God, you are amazing. I stand in awe of who you are. Or maybe you look into the universe and you see. look up at the stars and you try to fathom how many stars are up there so we can get a correct view of who God is. So, you see, we have no idea just how big the universe is that God created. But it's so big, we have to use a ruler that's 5.88 trillion miles long to measure stuff. And that ruler is called a light year. (coughs) The furthest thing we have measured so far with the help of this mighty telescope is 13 billion light years away. (coughs) Excuse me. And somewhere in the midst of that spiral galaxy called the Milky Way, there's hundreds of billions of stars. And one of those stars is our sun. And it's rotating around the center of the Milky Way every 250 million years. In one of the planets circling our sun is the planet Earth. And two of the more than 6 billion people on this planet are you and me. Yet the universe that so easily blows our mind is just yet a speck to God says this in Psalm 33 By the word of the Lord were the heavens made their starry host by the breath of his mouth for he spoke and it came to be he commanded and it stood firm In other words God created the cosmos without lifting a finger He didn't need the help of a start a universe starter kit or a or a diagram or some kind of picture to go from he just simply spoke and the worlds were formed out of absolutely nothing Isaiah 40 says this he sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and his people are like grasshoppers he stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in to whom will you compare me Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of this? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. God is more massive than our wildest imaginations. He's bigger than our biggest words that we can come up with to describe him but even though he's that big and he's created so much and billions and billions of stars and galaxies he also cares about you the one he cares about me and you see when we can come to that place where we step back and we see our God and see who he really is then we can worship him with awe well the second thing Today that I want to talk to you about is that we want to worship him with abandonment. Now that just means that you just don't care what other people think. You worship him with abandonment. As I was growing up, um, I grew up in Pentecostal church, and we still are. We're Pentecostal, thank you. I think drink water. Got a little choked up. I wasn't emotional. I just got something in my throat. Yeah, it happens. Thank you, JT. But I grew up Pentecostal. This is a Pentecostal church. We're part of the Church of God denomination. And one of the things, or several of the things that Pentecostals are known for is their worship. They're known for their passion. They're known for uh, their excitement, their music. And so I've seen a lot of different things throughout my life. And people expressing their worship to God. I've seen people hand, you know, swing on chandeliers. I've seen them run up, run up and down the pews. I've seen them jump up and down. I've seen them run around the church. I've seen it all. They have, you know, they just can go nuts, and they were worshiping with abandonment. I I, rem- I remember one guy in particular though, and um, I was a teenager at the time, and this guy's name was Ronnie. We called him Running Ronnie, because Ronnie ran, you know, and it's not not like, you know. He ran in church, not marathons or anything. He ran in church. So we would get to a point in the service, and the the music would get to a point, you know, that's a fever pitch, and it was exciting, and, you know, it was just going for it. And all of a sudden, Ronnie would take off running. And uh, so the church was similar to this. It was a little longer, uh, but it had aisles like this. And the difference between that church is we had doors on each side that would go and continue on. And it would go back in an area where there was offices and some Sunday school classrooms and different things. And it would go all the way around and just would make its way around back to the other door. So Ronnie would just bust out. He would start running. And he would run through that door. Just leave the auditorium. Everybody's in here still worshiping. He runs through the door. He's running around in the hallway now. And people are having Sunday school. People are having different things back there. Ronnie's running. He's running around. So as teenagers do, we made a game of it sometimes, and he would do this rather frequently. And so we timed it out and knew when he would pop through the other door. So he'd be going around. He'd be running, and we'd go, three, two, one, boom. We'd point. There came running Ronnie. Ah! Running out the door. Just going for it. Now, uh, the thing I want us to learn from that is that not necessarily you have to start running around the church. If you want to do that, that's fine. But what what I want us to see is that Ronnie loved Jesus so much when he started to think about all the ways that God had come in and done things in his life and who he was in Ronnie's life, he couldn't take it anymore. All he could do is just, he just had to run. He just had to go because he was worshiping with abandonment. There's a, a character in the Bible that did something similar to this, and his name is David. Now, David is... A, this is the same David, David and Goliath, and then later on, David uh, ended up being king of Israel. And so, when David was, was king, the, the, the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of God, was coming to his city. They were bringing it to the, the city of David. And so, as it was coming in, there was a big celebration, a big party happening, music was playing, and it was coming into the city. And David just couldn't stand it any longer, and he just started dancing before the Lord because he was so excited. The Bible actually says that he stripped down and danced before the Lord. Now, I'm not recommending that. I'm not recommending that we do that. I don't need Pastor Marty coming back next week and we start singing, and you guys start taking your clothes off because that would not be a good thing. I'll lose my job and I have a family, and one's going to college soon. I can't do that. But what they did, what David did is he, he just couldn't take it anymore. He was just wanted to worship God with everything that he had. Now, his wife, Michael, didn't appreciate it a whole lot, just like a lot of you wives out there, you wouldn't appreciate it if your husband did that. And this is what... Uh, david said though to michael when he she she said how much but she didn't appreciate that david said to her well i will celebrate before, before the lord and i will become even more undignified than this and i'll be humiliated in my own eyes see david just didn't care because he wanted to express in him how much he loved the lord and how excited he was that the presence of the lord was coming you know and some of you might say well you know to worship with abandonment its just not my personality. I just don't get too excited about things. I mean, it, you know, it's just not my personality. Or maybe I'm a little old. I don't, I don't think I want to do that kind of stuff. That's for the young folks. But what I want to say to you is that we are great worshipers. Everyone that's in this place, everyone that's listening online, we are great worshipers. And I wanted to show you how great we are at some things. So let's show you some, some video. This first one is of, con- of a concert. Justin Bieber, anybody like Justin Bieber? I don't, but uh, a lot of people do. People go to concerts. They just go for it. Thousands and thousands of people. In amazement and awe. You know, besides, them, besides themselves. Screaming. Screaming. Just screaming out, Beaver! Ah! Be- hyperventilating. Oh my god, Beaver's here! Just, man, they are worshiping. They're going after it. So maybe concert's not your thing. Maybe you like sports. So the Cubs won the World Series last year for the first time in, in history. And so this is a, a little older gentleman. Yeah. He's excited yeah. about the Cubs.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Look at him. Yeah. She is, too. <laughs>
1: Here's
0: another family going crazy. There's running Ronnie.
1: He's going for it.
0: Laying out for <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: maybe the Lord. Or maybe sports isn't your thing. Maybe you love to shop. This is Black Friday. Look at all those people. This is to get a TV $50 cheaper than normal. Knocking people down, people getting trampled. They're just going for it. They can't wait. To go, I'm going shopping.
1: I'm going shopping.
0: What I want to see is that kind of crowd waiting outside oh, the doors sweet, of the church man. to get in here to worship. Anybody? Oh, it deserves something better than that. But I show you those things to say, we're great at worshiping. We're great at worshiping things. But the problem is, so often we're not worshiping the one and true God. We have all these different idols, all these different things that we'll get excited about. We have all these different things that we'll be on time for. We have all these other things that we'll make sure we're prepared for. We have all these other things that we'll get excited about. But then when it comes to God, and comes to church, and comes to worshiping Him together in, in, on a Sunday... Maybe we just sometimes go through the motions. Maybe we just kind of, well, the songs were good and message was good. I'll go about my rest of my day. But what I want us to see is, is that we are all great, great worshipers. And we need to come to the place, though, that we're worshiping the right thing. And that the God that we're worshiping is not all these different things that don't really matter. You see, worship is a verb. It's something that we do. Worship isn't something you watch, it's something that you do. Contrary to thinking of a many people who attend church, you know, we think, well, the lights are pointed on the stage, the chairs are adjusted just right so you have good sight lines. You get a worship guide as you come in, kind of see what's going on in the service for the day. And we see all these things and we say, hey, this is for us. But here's a newsflash for all of us believers. Worship isn't something that we attend like a film or a concert or a sporting event. Worship is something that we enter into with everything that we've got. It's a participation activity. It's not a spectator sport. It's something that we do. We respond to the greatness of our God. Check out what the book of Psalms says about this. Psalm 100, it says, Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. Psalm 149 says, Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with the tambourine and the harp. And all throughout scriptures, it gives us ways to respond to the greatness of God. It talks about... Run to him. It talks about lifting our hands or lifting our heads, standing in awe. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. It gives us all kinds of ways that we can come and respond to the greatness of our God. And so what I hope that we get out of today's message is that we all can just take that next step where we get one step closer to being that true worshiper that God desires. And expressing our worship and responding to him, so for some of you, that might be that you lift your hands, maybe you 've never done that before, and that, that's you 're going to just do that later on today when we when we sing another song, or maybe for some of you you you, you never really participate at all. you just, you know I love coffee, but you know we stand with our coffee and we just kind of go through the motion i 'm talking to believers here. you stand with your coffee and you listen to it, and we go on, and that 's fine we 're going to serve coffee, and I love it, but man. When we are worshiping God, let's give him our all. Let's give him everything that we have. He deserves that. And so we worship him. So when you know who he is and you embrace what he's done, our only reasonable response is to worship. Sometimes it's in awe of who he is, and then other times it's with abandonment, giving him everything that we have. That brings us to our third thing The third thing, the third way that we can worship God to be a true worshiper is we worship him with our life. True worship is our whole life response to God's greatness and glory. And the only fitting response to all he has done is to give back to him all that we are. Worship is not determined by what we say, but how we live. You see, there's a trail that we all leave and with, our, it's with our actions and with our words. And when we start to follow that trail, at the end of that trail, everybody's trail, there's a throne. Now the way you get to that throne is not by saying, hey, let me tell you what's on my throne. That's not the way you do that. The way you find out what's on your throne is you go back to that trail and you find all those breadcrumbs of where your passions are and your energy and your time and where you spend your money And at the end of the day, you get to that throne and it might be your job sitting there. Or you get to the end of that throne and it might be a relationship. Or it might be a car or money. Or you might get to the end of that throne and you say, man, I'm a great worshiper and I'm a great worshiper of me. And you're sitting on that throne. This is what Jesus says in Matthew 6, 21. He says, for where your treasure is there your heart will be also. Man, that's pretty strong. And that hits us right where we are because so often in my life, I don't know that my treasure is the things that it needs to be. And that I place other things in front of the one true God that needs to be my treasure. And so today we have a great opportunity We have a great opportunity to follow our treasures and see what it is that sits on each of our thrones. And some of us are going to get there and we're not going to like what we see because we tell people, yeah, I'm a worshiper, yeah, I I love the Lord. But when we follow those things, it doesn't tell the same story. And so over the next few minutes, just think about that. Follow that trail. Where does it lead you? What are those things that are important to you, those things that you just get excited about, those things that are on your throne? Are they the things of God? Is it God? Are you surrendered to him completely? Well, over the next few minutes as we reflect on that, I asked asked the team to come out and sing a song, and what I want you to do is I want you to listen to these words. And I want you to watch the images that are going to be on the screen. And it's going to be of of, of different types of creation. You're going to see mountains bowing down in worship to the Lord. And when you see that, I want you to say, so will I. You're going to see oceans roaring on the images on the screen. And and they're roaring, worshiping our God. And I want you to say, so will I. You're going to see wind blowing. You're going to see animals taking their breath, worshiping God, rocks crying out, worshiping our God. And I want you to say, so will I. So as we listen to this song and as they sing this and you look at the images, allow that to be something that you hear in a different way, you see in a different way than you ever had before. And you can come to the place where you say, so will I.
1: Spoke to the dark and flushed out the wonder. Chased on my heart through all of my failure in
0: of the message I talked about that there's two kinds of people that the Father seeks the first kind is that he seeks those that the Bible calls are lost that Jesus comes to seek and to save those who are lost and what that simply means is that you just haven't taken that step and received Jesus into your life and if that's you this morning if you're here man that's, that's your next move and the last line of that song talks about that, that God is the one that will never leave the one behind. And that comes from a, a parable in scripture where Jesus was talking about there was a shepherd and it's a parable of the lost sheep. And he had a hundred sheep, but one of them was missing. And the shepherd left the 99 that were okay, that he knew were saved. He left them and frantically went to look for that one that was lost. And that's just a picture of what God does for us. When we're lost, He's, he's frantically searching for you. He's, he's looking and searching for you, wanting you to come home. And if that's you today, I'm going to just say a simple prayer with you. And you, you have an opportunity to come home today. And so I'm going I'm to lead you in a prayer. And then after we do, I'm going to say a few more things and we'll get towards the end of the service. But... For those of you that that is speaking to you and you fit into that category and you want to take that step today, you just simply have to pray this prayer with me. It simply goes like this. God, I pray that you would just come into my life. God, that you would come and that you would forgive me of my sin, of my past. And I give you my future. I surrender my life to you. And I thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you for those that have come forward and made that step and received you into their life today. God, there's nothing like it. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, there's a second type of person that I talked about earlier and that is those that Father seeks that are true worshipers. Amen. that's my desire for my life. That's my desire for you that are in this room today, that we become true worshipers of God because he deserves that when we begin to look at who he is and all that he has done for us, how can we not come and throw up our hands and surrender and lift up our voices and say, God, thank you for all that you've done for me. Amen. Amen. And so we're going to say a prayer together. And we're going to make a commitment together that we are going to be true worshipers of God. And we're going to sing one more song. And that song just simply says, I stand with arms high and heart abandoned to the one who gave it all for me. And so as we pray, I want you to just begin to lift up your voices. As we get to that part, we're going to start singing at the end of my prayer. And I want your hands to go up in the air and just say, God, I surrender myself to you. I respond to the greatness that you are right here, right now in this place by surrendering my life to you. Let's pray together. God, we love you. And we're so thankful today that you gave it all for us. It says in scripture that while we were yet sinners, that Christ came and he died for us. God, we're thankful for that. We're thankful for that. God, and when we begin to think about all that you are and think about all that you have done for us, God, our only reasonable response is to come and to to lift up our voices and to throw our hands up in the air to say thank you. Thank you for being good. Thank you for being a God that loves us. So today, God, we respond to your greatness. Today, God, we respond to the hope that you bring. We respond to the grace that you extend our way. We respond to all the different ways that you have blessed us. God, we respond because you are the God that loves us. Even though we sin, even though we fail, you love us still. And so God, we respond to that greatness today. We respond in the name of Jesus. Sing this out. Come on. And I'll stand with arms high and heart up.
1: Oh Lord, Lord, you you surrendered all I am Is yours Come on, lift your voices Sing it out, I stand And I stand
0: Thanks so much for being here. Hope to see you next week. God bless you. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.